it would be impossible for us to do it by ourselves. God, God didn't operate like that. Amen. Many great churches. Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to continue talking about what we began last week on being fruitful. Genesis chapter 1, let's look right at verse uh, uh, 28. Welcome all those who are now tuning in online. We didn't start streaming until a little bit later. And so welcome all of you who've been uh, watching something else on television, been watching Wheel of Fortune, uh, Jeopardy. Welcome to Exceeding Grace Christian Center, where miracles happen. Amen. There's a whole bunch of miracles standing up in here tonight. I am a miracle. Praise God. No way in the world I should have been saved. The way I was living, what I was doing, I shouldn't have been saved. I probably shouldn't have been alive. I was telling, telling the story yesterday about one time I got caught. I got caught, caught up. You know, uh, none of y'all been in this situation. I hope you never do where somebody tells you, stay right there. You ever, you ever been in a situation? Somebody say, okay, don't, okay, I, I, I'll be right back. You ever been like that? I get, one time I got caught up. I was in one switch. Yeah, wait, wait right here. I'll be right back. Oh, I left. I didn't run. I run. I didn't run. I left. Because when somebody say, wait right here, you leave. I, I, told, I told the truth, Deke. I, I, had, I had a pistol, but it was downstairs in the car. So it wasn't going to do me any good if I was going to wait right here. So I had to get downstairs, at least, at least my pistol. And I figured by the time I got my pistol, I'm going to just keep on going. Since I'm down here. So I hope you've never been in a situation. But what I'm saying is, I, I probably shouldn't have been alive. So I thank you, Jesus. You've been good to me. You've been so good to me. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Let's read that very quickly. You have it? Okay, let's read together. Ready, read. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Father, thank you so much tonight for giving us opportunity to hear, to hear and receive your word. We ask you, Lord, to speak from heaven clearly so that we, your people, can hear and understand the word of God. Thank you that we have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive. That's all a blessing from you. God, now we declare we love your word. We love your word. We love your word. And we'll live by it every day we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, take your seats. We're on Be Fruitful Part 2. Uh, we're talking tonight, I want to talk tonight on, about mass production. Mass production. Be Fruitful and Multiply, Part 2, Mass Production. Now, We've been talking about uh, this in this year of vision and manifestation, about how everybody on this planet, uh, we have a vision from God. Everybody's looking for their personal vision, but God has a general vision. And so he gave that to us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, when he said uh, to be fruitful and multiply. That's God's general vision for people, all humanity, right? And so uh, I told you last week when we read this Genesis 1, 28, God said, be, uh, be fruitful and multiply. We can uh, simplify by saying produce and, and what? Reproduce. And reproduce. And I told you last week, he's talking about more than babies. 
wonderful to have babies. Children are a blessing from the Lord. They are a heritage of the Lord. Uh, blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. But God's going way beyond uh, babies for us. Okay? God is expecting us to be fruitful in life and multiply. I gave you, we talked about that whole fruitfulness issue when we were on the series called Waste Not, Want Not. And I showed you that word fruitful meant to be well spent, to be rich, to be uh, producing and all those different synonyms I gave you, right? Effective and successful and so forth. All right, now, uh, but God tells us as people to be fruitful and multiply or to produce and reproduce. And we're the only species that are made in God's image and likeness. Because I'll show you here tonight if I can get to it. There's other places in here where he said be fruitful and multiply. But he's talking to the animals. But here when he talks to us, he goes on to say have dominion. The animals didn't get that. He tells us to have dominion. So there's something different about that command to man than it is to all the other creation. Am I right about it? Okay. Now. So let's, let's imagine what happens here. We know if you go to Genesis chapter 2, I, don't, I won't go there. Genesis 2, right around verse 7 and so, it talks about uh, how God began to make man and so forth. Uh, but you look here, and God made man in his image and his likeness, right? And he made him, he formed him, the Bible says, from the dust of the earth, right? But man was just a lump, just a formation until God breathed into man the breath of life. Man became a living soul, or we can also know from the, from the Jewish sages, a speaking spirit. Say it again. A a, say it again. Okay, so a living soul or a speaking spirit. So man was created to, uh, to speak, and words are uh, more than just for communication. Words are for creation. Got it? Animals communicate. Y'all don't know that. Maybe y'all never seen Mr. Ed. Uh, <laughs> animals communicate to this day. Right? Dogs know how to communicate. Rhinoceros know how to communicate. Whales, seals, dolphins, they communicate. But they can't create. They don't have that kind of dominion or that, that grace upon them. They were not created in God's image nor likeness. You got it? So man, we have uh, a dominion image from God, his image and his likeness, and our words are more than just for communication. I personally believe, and I'm not, I can't preach this like it's doctrine. This is just my opinion. I believe that man and animals used to communicate with each other before the fall of Adam. Right? I hope it makes sense because Eve was talking to a snake and it didn't puzzle her. Balaam talked to a donkey even after the fall and he didn't see that as suspicious. So I'm just, again, I'm not making this doctrine. I just believe that man used to communicate with animals back in the, you know, before the fall. But man, our words were primarily given to us to create. Everybody say to create. Say it again. Say it again. To create. We were made in God's image and in God's likeness. He breathed into man and man became a living soul or a speaking spirit. When God breathed into man, 
He gave Adam, and therefore us, intellect, imagination, and creativity. Well, that's big. He gave man intellect, imagination, and creativity. Animals have a certain, they have intelligence. How many of y'all agree with that? Animals can be trained. They learn. So they have intelligence, but they have a very limited intellect. They, they don't have the ability to, uh, an extensive ability like ours to analyze and solve problems. They can do it to a degree. They can figure out some things to a degree and adapt to things, but they don't have the intellect that we do. Our, they don't have the intellect that's meant to create. Y'all follow me tonight? All right, y'all, y'all track me. They don't have the intellect to create. We have an intellect that has the ability to create things. Okay? We have God's intellect. We have the ability to know all things. 1 John 2.20, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. We have an intellect that allows us, when the Bible says, uh, you forsake your thoughts, uh, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, so forsake yours. So you and I have the ability to think on a God level. Now, I didn't say we know everything that God knows yet, but we can know it because we can ask him, we can talk to him. Animals don't have that intellect. You are you following me tonight? This is important because I'm talking about mass production, being fruitful and multiplying. So we're given intellect. Number two, we're given imagination. No animals were given imagination. You and I have the ability to imagine things. All of us, when we were, when we were little children, we imagined all sorts of things. Am I right about it? Most of us didn't imagine we'd be doing what we're doing now. Most of us imagined something different. Most of us, truth be told, imagined something greater. Come on this side. Most of us probably imagined something greater. But then, then when we hit real life, we, we shrunk our imagination down to our reality. And God didn't want us to do that. He wanted us to let that imagination that he gave us uh, be used to produce something. Remember, the command to man, be fruitful and multiply. Produce and reproduce. So you have intellect, you have imagination. What's the third thing I told you? Creativity. Now, we're made in God's image and God's likeness. Is God creative? Yes. How you know God's creative? I mean, look, look all around yourself. Look, you look at some people and say, I know God was very creative when he made you. Yes. Right? You look at the birds. There's not one species of birds. There are all sorts of varieties of birds. Some featherless birds and flightless birds. There are all, all manner of birds. All the fish. Have you seen all the fish in the sea? Do you know all the fish? You know there's more fish than mullet? Some of y'all don't even know that. There's more fish than mullet and trout and tilapia and sea bass. There's more than that. There's all kind of fish in the sea. God's very creative, and all, they look all different colors and shapes and sizes. You ever seen the, you, you know, one of, my, one of my favorite fish to catch is uh, the sheephead. You seen the sheephead, the teeth, the teeth look like 
men teeth? They smile as how you doing? Right? But that's some good eating right there, right? God made that. He's creative. Now, that gene is in you. When he breathed into man the breath of life, he breathed himself into man. Man became a speaking spirit like God. If you read in the Jewish sages, that's what they'll say. Man became a speaking spirit like God. So man has the intellect like God, imagination like God, and creativity like God. No one of us should ever lie and say we're not creative. You are not not creative. You are absolutely creative. You have just suppressed your creativity. You have allowed your job to kill your creativity. Because somebody told you to go to school for four years, get a degree to get you a good job, and what that good degree and that good job did was suppress your creativity. I'll come back over on this side. What that good degree and good job did was suppress your creativity. But you're working with somebody who was a creative. You're working with somebody who used their intellect. You're employed by somebody who used their imagination. They're, they imagined big business. They saw it ahead of time. Now you're working for them. Wonderful, you have a job, but you can't get mass production. You can't be fruitful and multiply on a job. I'm not telling anybody to quit, D. But what I'm saying is God has, he's put more in you. Well, we lost that image, Pastor. We lost that when Adam fell, okay? Put Ephesians 2.10 on the screen. Just, just New King James, Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. Glory to God. Watch this. Let's see what it says. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Put it amplified on the Bible. Amplified. I think there's a word it uses here in the Amplified that I, I, I like. I want you to see this. For we are his workmanship uh, in Amplified here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Y'all get it? For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated. Recreated. So just like Adam was created in God's image, when you and I got born again, we got recreated in God's image. So that same, that same intellect that same imagination, that same creativity was awakened in every one of us. Got it? Thank you, Holy Ghost. When Adam was created, he became a speaking spirit like God. But when Adam fell, his spirit died. So all of us are born uh, with a uh, spiritually dead. We're born with a dead spirit. You have no connection to your spirit when you're not born again. But when you get born again, your spirit is now made alive. Let's see, over in Ephesians uh, 6, I think, talks about, and, and you hath he made alive. You hath have, have he quickened. So we are now quickened. So when we are quickened by God, by his spirit, we are now one spirit with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So now I'm tied into his intellect. I'm tied into his imagination. I'm tied into his creativity. Are you hearing me tonight? I want, I want to wake you up. Some of y'all dozing off already, but that, you know why you're dozing off? Because you've been working all day. On a job. You know why a lot of folk are not here tonight? 
because they got to get up early in the morning to go to a job. And God has said, I made you for more than a job. I made you for mass production. I made you to be fruitful and multiply. Now, don't quit till you're producing now. Don't quit till you're multiplying. Don't quit till you're reproducing here. Don't quit till you're getting mass production going. But that's where God wants you, you and me to be. Glory to God. All right, now, let me keep going here. So, when God breathed in us, we got intellect, imagination, creativity. Right? Now, those of you who know anything about science, uh, the human brain, they say uh, we, our brain is two hemispheres, right? The left hemisphere and the right hemisphere. If you're left brain, that, that's your, our analytical and methodical side. Analytical, that's that thinking, that solving equations, solving problems. Something comes up, uh, a challenge comes to you, you don't fix it with, your, with the right side of your brain, it's your left side of your brain. Am I right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your left side. This is science. This is not me making this with the science. Your left side of your brain handles all that intellect, analytics, processing. You balance your checkbook with your left side, hopefully. Some of y'all been doing it with your right side. You being, being creative. Oh, they, that's why it ain't working out. Go, go back to the left side to deal with the checkbook. Right? You can't balance it with your right side. Okay? Your right side is your creative or artistic side. So when you meet a person who's very creative, very artistic, what people say is they're a right brain person. A person who's very intellectual or, or analytical, you call them a left brain person. But the reality of it is for the person in the body of Christ, we have been given by God intellect, imagination, and creativity. So what happens is, Intellect is on one side, creativity is on, on the other side, but our imagination links the two together. So what happens is, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. When you, when you, you have a problem, your brain uh, starts to imagine uh, solutions to it. That's where all inventions come from. You understand that? Every invention that people come up with is to solve a problem. But they, they imagined a way to solve it. And their creativity came in to figure out, okay, we can do it. We can make it, make it look like this, look like that. So when you, a person who knows how to uh, put both sides together, they're in line for some mass production. So you and I are not meant to be left brain or right brain. We're God brain. Are y'all hearing this here tonight? Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? You are not meant to be one or the other. You and I are God's kids. We have uh, the best of both worlds. Intellect, analytics, artistic, and creativity uh, things happening because we have this open imagination. And if you get your imagination going, there's no limit to what you can do. In Genesis 11, there was a group of people, the people of the earth. The Bible says they were all in one place. They were all with one, one language, one voice. 
and they got the idea in themselves, we're going to build a tower up to heaven. In other words, we're going we're to be our own religion. We're going to do our own thing. And they started building. Figured out. They figured out how to build. They figured out how to make bricks. They figured out how to stack them. They figured out how to get cornerstones, foundations right. They figured out how to lay this thing out. I mean, they figured this out. This is, this is intellect. This is analytics. This is creativity. This is artistic uh, talents. There's all these things going into place. And the Bible says God came down and he said, he said, I better stop them because of all the things that they imagined to do. As long as they're one, they can do it because they imagined to do it. Intellect creativity, imagination. But notice what they were doing. God said, I had to stop them. Because if they imagine to do it, there's nothing that they will not be able to do. Did you catch that? You got to hear this. If you, can, if you can get your intellectual side and your artistic side streamed through your imagination, there's nothing you can't do. See how quiet y'all got? You're bigger than your job. You're bigger than your degree. You're bigger than your education. You're bigger than your retirement. You're bigger than your, 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 your little hobby. I said you're bigger than your little hobby. If you got a hobby, your hobby is supposed to be I just do it for fun. When you stand before God, he's not going to ask you, did you have fun? He's not going to ask you, did you have fun? He's going to ask you and check you on what you produced. Because his first command to man, his eternal command to man is be fruitful and multiply. Produce and reproduce. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion in Genesis 1.28, have dominion. Now I talked to you last week that dominion comes obviously after you're blessed, after you're fruitful, after you multiply. That's when you have dominion, right? Now, I, taught, I went over to Proverbs 22, verse 7 last week, and I showed you in Proverbs 22, verse 7, where the Bible says the rich rule over the poor. And the borrower is what? Servant to the lender. Some translations say the word slave. In the CEV, put that on the screen for us, please. CEV is probably uh, help us feel real good about it. CEV. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The poor are ruled by the rich, and those who borrow are slaves of money lenders. Black History Month. Right? And so I don't want to be a slave. So I don't want anybody lending me any money. Now you can do it. You can do it and go to heaven and, and God's going to love you. But I, don't, I personally don't want to be there because I need to be uh, in a place of dominion. Okay? So God, you, you don't start dominion until you get out of the debt. Okay? All right, now. Now, so again, notice that the rich rule. And I told you last week, God needs us rich so we can rule. Because it's, it's just a law, the rich rule. So to rule, have dominion, I need to be rich. Say, I need to be rich. 
Say, I need to be rich. Say it again, I need to be rich. Say, I must be rich. Okay, now that's, that's important to get that through your, through your uh, soul. Your spirit knows it. But it's important to get it in your soul because that's, that once, once your spirit and your soul connect, your flesh has to come in line. Okay? So uh, I got to get it through my soul that I must be rich because it's a, it's a mandate from God. That word, be fruitful, one of the words is be rich. Right? So it's not just a, not just a good idea. It's a God idea. It's God's plan for his people. You got it? All right, now, I want you to stay in, the, in Proverbs 22 and uh, in the CEV because I want you, want you to see something else. Look at verse 2, please. Proverbs 22, verse 2 in the CEV. Now, remember the rich rule over the poor, right? Okay, now look at verse 2. The rich and the poor are all created by the Lord. Now, verse 7 says the rich rule over the poor. Verse 2 says the rich and the poor are all created by the Lord. Now, don't get religious and make it say that God makes some rich and makes some poor. That's not what it says. It says that the rich and the poor are all created by the Lord. So, so, the, so God is the one who created everyone. Now, what is the difference between the rich and the poor? Now, remember, he gave everyone intellect, come on, imagination, and creativity. What distinguishes everybody is what someone does with their intellect, imagination, and creativity. Everyone gets it. I don't care if you're born in Botswana. God has given you intellect, imagination, and creativity. Some of the most wonderful things that are coming out in the world today are coming out of Africa. Some of the one, most wonderful products, some of the most wonderful uh, fashion uh, design items are coming out of Africa. Y'all ain't saying anything. Yeah, it is. It is, sir. Because even though they may uh, still be uh, considered a third world uh, continent, uh, there are people who are saying, you know what? Bump that. God's giving me this creativity. I'm going to create something. Tap into their intellect because they're not dummies. Y'all hear me, black children? I'm talking to all the black children in here. You're not dummies. I don't care what they tell you in school, you're not dummies. I'm looking at all the youth. I'm looking at all the youth, the high schoolers, middle schoolers, the elementary schoolers, who the system want to convince you you're dumb, you're stupid. You're not. You're not. You just don't apply yourself. I said you're not. You just don't apply yourself. You don't study. You don't listen. You want to have fun in class. So you don't apply yourself. Shut up, Pastor. You're not stupid, you just don't apply yourself. You have been given intellect, imagination, creativity. Now, I remember, Deke, uh, there, you know, in the sports world for a long time, they didn't have any black quarterbacks because they, were, they considered black people less intellectual, far less intelligent. So you didn't to see a black quarterback was a, was a that, that was like, a, like an oxymoronic statement to have a black quarterback. Because we were considered not as intellectual, not as intelligent. But I think we've proven that. That's an asinine statement because we are 
as intelligent as anybody. God, <laughs> there's nobody more intelligent. All the pyramids that were designed. I mean, I ain't got to go there, do I? So his intellect is not an issue. It's application. All right, now, so the rich and poor are all created by the Lord, right? So God gave everybody intellect, imagination, and creativity. Usually, usually now we are stronger in one area or another, stronger, and that's okay because, you know, it will be kind of boring if everybody was very strong intellectually and nobody was creative. You could build a house, you just couldn't decorate it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, so it's, the world is balanced that way. But you and I uh, are not one or the other. We have all three embedded in our human spirit, our born-again spirit. I'll make it, put it that way. Okay? Now, listen to this. Whichever one you're strongest in, and it's okay to be strongest in one, there's a pathway to riches. Whichever one you're strongest in, there's a pathway to riches. George Washington Carver, which was portrayed so wonderfully by Brother Christopher on Sunday. <laughs> Peanut brittle. He wasn't known as an artistic or creative person. He was known as an intellectual person. But that, he applied himself to that, and that opened the door for him. He's a man who, as a black man, stood before United States Congress because they were sitting in awe trying to figure out, how does this man know what he's talking about? They, they interviewed him. They, they sat there, Mr. Carver, can you explain, how'd you get this knowledge? Where'd you get it from? Because we know that the, that the schools that you were in, where you were, you didn't have lab equipment, you didn't have anything, you didn't have access to anything all the white kids and white schools had. How'd you get this? God. What you say? Right? Okay, so, so, but whatever path you're in, or, or you, whatever, whatever you're strongest or you tend towards, there's a pathway to riches for you. So, so you don't have to, you don't have to be what we would call an intellectual to get riches. And you don't have to be able to dribble a basketball. You got it? Either you're athletic, you're academic, or you're artistic. It's just one of the three A's. You're athletic, you're academic, you're artistic. Athletic, academic, or artistic. You understand? So, so not everybody can, can dribble basketball, not everybody can sing, and not everybody knows the Pythagorean theorem. But whatever you path you are on, there's a path, whatever, whichever one you're strongest in, I should say, there's a path for you to, to, to be made rich. Are y'all hearing this, what I'm saying to you? This, this is worth a $5,000 weekend seminar, I'm telling you. At the Holiday Inn, at the Don Cesar. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? 
See, because sometimes people are sitting there like, well, you know, uh, well, I didn't do so well in school, so it's too late. Well, it's not too late. Probably, one reason you probably didn't do so well in school because you were sitting there drawing on your, on your leg. <laughs> you were drawing on your jeans. You, everybody in school, everybody in school was bringing you their jeans to do artwork on their jeans. You were creative. And what you didn't realize was that creativity, what you were doing for fun, was a pathway if you had stepped on it You just wanted to be in drama. I just want to be in the band. I just want to, I, ain't, I, ain't, I went all into all that stuff. I, I, ain't, I went into sports. I just want, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever it was for you, when, what happened was when the, when the reality of light bill, water bill, phone bill, cable bill, cell phone bill came into your life, you settled on a job. I understand. Because you got to eat. A man that doesn't work shouldn't eat, the Bible says. So I understand working and all labor there is profit, Proverbs 14, right? But, but, but you weren't supposed to abandon. Well, I'm talking to somebody here tonight. You were never supposed to abandon what it was that you were if you if you allow this naturally inclined to that was would be your pathway to riches you might have wanted to be a, a, an artist but somebody told you artists can't eat how you going to eat if you going to be an artist you going well okay i understand get your jobs you can eat but don't abandon the art you don't want to be no starving musician Okay, don't abandon your job. I mean, you know, get a job, but, but don't abandon your music. You put your clarinet down, because they can't make no money playing no clarinet. Tell that to Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman said some money playing that clarinet. Are y'all following me? Are you hearing me tonight? Art, music, science, writing, cooking. Cooking? Cooking? Yeah. Have you heard of the Food Network? I just enjoy cooking. And I'm creative in it. I don't just do the cook a meal. I know how to create something. My wife and I make me think, baby, we got married. We used to eat a lot of this thing called creator meals. Y'all, some of y'all remember those? There was them bags. Let's come in those bags. Creator meals. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we made it through, baby. We made it through. No, it wasn't because of broke. We're just busy. Fashion and decoration. You went to Hollywood High School and you was like, had a fashion eye. Come on now. But nobody ever thought to tell you, you know, you could make money at that. 
My wife and I were so uh, blessed. We watched, we watched a story of a man named um, Ralph Lauren. You ever heard of a man named Ralph Lauren? Now, that's not his name. That's the name that he adopted. Uh, his, his, his brother, he and his, he's Jewish, actually. Surprise. His name like Ralph Leibowitz or something like that. His, his real name. He's Jewish. Got the covenant blessing working on his life. See, nothing, nothing anybody can do to stop that. But his, his brother decided they need to change their, their last name to be more, uh, open more doors here in America. And he, it, he, he, he's a guy, he liked to dress. This is how he started. He liked to dress. You know how some of y'all guys, Chris, you, you, like, y'all, you like to dress. And he got the idea in him, uh, he was looking for, for tie, ties, and he wanted water ties like me. I don't like them little skinny, little skinny man ties. I hate them little skinny man ties. <laughs> ties for who went a bolo? Like the wide ties. So he couldn't find them, so he found a guy to make him some wide ties. Guy made him some wide ties. He said, wow, people are like, those are nice. So he just, he, long story shorter, he, he decided to take those ties and try to sell them. So he began to sell them. He finally got a deal with, was it Bloomingdale's? The first store he got into was Bloomingdale's, and they, they rejected him many times. And he finally pushed his way and got into Bloomingdale's. All he was, was all he was doing was selling ties. Ralph Lauren ties. That's how the whole company started. Ralph Lauren ties. Now, they got Ralph Lauren paint. I mean, we, we ain't talking about just, just, you know, jackets and suits and polo jeans and polo shoes and caps and everything like that. We're talking about they got paint too. Why? He just liked fashion, things nice, a pathway to riches and had the blessing working on his life. He ain't saved. It didn't matter he was saved. He's a Jewish man with a covenant blessing that he, maybe he don't even know about, but it's still working. Never went to fashion school. One of the most revered designers in the world. What is it that you so enjoyed? You just, it just came natural to you, and you just... I can't make no money doing that. Who told you you can't make no money doing that? Your mama? Your cousin? <laughs> no. All right. Now, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to show you something here. I'm, I'm going to show you what one of the things that, is, that has hindered this, especially in our culture. When I say our, I'm talking about our culture. Turn to Proverbs 16, verse 26. Because some people, unfortunately, grow up in in an environment that doesn't promote productivity and multiplication. See, your your environment is kind of, it's big, it's a big deal. Proverbs 16, 26, I want you to see this. Are y'all there? It says, the person who labors labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. So hunger creates drive. So in the early 1970s, 
when this after the death of, of JFK in 63, after the death of MLK in 68, after the death, the death of RFK, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, Lyndon Johnson, who was president, came up with an idea, a plan called, he, they're going to do the war on poverty. Where they created a whole welfare system. But what it was, was not a war on poverty, it was a war on the poor. It was a war meant to take a people and put them back in oppression. Not to help them. The welfare system was designed to put people back because this scripture says a person who labors, labors for himself. Works for himself. When you work, you work for yourself. Y'all miss it. When you work, you work for yourself. For his hungry mouth drives him on. But when you got family who the government say, we're just going to take care of you, now you ain't ever hungry no more. You now have no drive. So now we have a generation in 2020, three or four generations in the hole now, of people who have no drive because they always had government cheese, government bread, government peanut butter, government housing, government phone, government Medicaid, government school, government everything taken care of, provided for them, and it killed off drive. Now, please understand, please understand, you here and those watching online, if you are on welfare, I'm not picking on you, I'm telling you don't stay on that because what that is designed to do is kill your drive. I advocate, if you need it, if you need it, get it. If you need it, that's why we put tax money up. Because for, for you who need it, thank God, get it, get it. But you watch, ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you're smart, what you can do is even take what you receive for welfare and, and food stamps and say, how can I, I can, I get these food stamps, I can, I can cook some food. Maybe I can cook this food and I can, maybe I can sell it, I can, I can advertise on my Instagram. Maybe I can advertise this food on my Instagram, I can, I can cook this food, I can get them chicken wings they give me, I can, I can fry some chicken wings, I can do that, and what I'm going to do is take this food stamp money they give me, and I'm going to use this to get ahead, not to stay behind. Seeing too many people in our community have fallen to the trap of the system. And drive has been killed. You know, there, there's a lady, I, I, I encourage you, if you ever get a chance to read this book, you can probably download the e-book uh, cheaply, uh, a book called um, Uncle Sam's Plantation. I, I encourage you to read this book, Uncle, Cam, Uncle Sam's Plantation. Star Parker, I think it's Star Parker. Yeah, Star, Star Parker wrote this book. Star, S-T-A-R-R, I think it is, or S-T-A-R, Star Parker, you Google it. Uncle Sam's plantation. She wrote it years ago. She was a woman. Star, Star Parker, right. She was a woman who was on the system. Parents, were on, mom was on the system. Grandma was on the system. And she, she, began, she wrote a book about her story of coming out. Coming off the system. Let me clarify that. Not coming out. Coming, <laughs> that's a whole different book right there. Coming off the system. 
And she looked back and realized that she and her family, her household, they were on something like 18 programs at one time. Oh, you had a lot of programs out there. Something like 18 programs at one time that took care of everything. And she looked around and saw, we, we all trapped. It's like one day the light just came on for her. We're trapped. Everybody around me is in the same situation. We're trapped by the system. And she called the name of the book Uncle Sam's Plantation because that's really what Uncle Sam has done is put folk back on the plantation. It crushes creativity, crushes imagination, and crushes intellect. You don't, you don't really have to work hard in school. We'll, we'll what's they call it, social promote you. You work in that system. We'll socially promote you. We just, we just, we just want, want to get you out of, out of high school. We just want to get you out. It's a trap. It's a trap. Because they, when I say they, I don't even know who they are, but they know what they are doing. You can put your own people in the they, whoever you want to put in there. They know what they are doing. They have created a pipeline to the, ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost, to, to the new slavery system called prison. I was reading last night about the 13th Amendment. You know, that's the 13th Amendment that, that delivered us from slavery. But if you read the 13th Amendment carefully, what it says is it abolishes slavery except for punishment of a crime. So in, in our Constitution says, our, our Constitution considers prisoners slaves. To, to this day, our Constitution still considers prisoners slaves. And do you know who makes up the most of the prison population? Folk who have come through the war on poverty. They are prisoners of war. Our system is filled with prisoners of war. The war on poverty. Grew up and they were encouraged. See, in the war on poverty, you, 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 you can't, don't, don't get married. Don't get married. Don't have a father in the home because you're not going to have any benefits. So they remove the father out of the picture. I'm preaching something here tonight. We better even come over and catch his clothes in your closet. You're going to lose all your benefits. And it is a sinister system that is trapped disproportionately people of our race. And I know people that want us to act like that ain't real, but it's real. People don't want us to act like, you know, just pretend like this ain't happening, but it's really happening, brother. It's really, it's really happening to our people disproportionately. That's why we need Black History Month. That's why we need to know about Carter G. Woodson. We need to know about Booker T. Washington. We need to know about Thurgood Marshall. We need to know about these people who've done great things in a time when they didn't have all that assistance. When they didn't have all that assistance. They didn't have all that assistance. 
They said, God is our helper. So what happens, praise God, there are people who are not raised in an environment that encourages and promotes productivity and multiplication. They are raised in a lazy environment, a no-drive environment. So not encouraged to do anything. Not encouraged to excel or anything. Well, they can go out there and play football. Sure, okay, let them go play football. Break a leg. Go out there and get CTE. Go out, sure, go out there. That's how we're going to get out the hood. You're going to play football. Okay, great. Great, that's good. They're going to go play football for 10 years, and then what? They're now, they're now 28 years old, 30 years old. Then what? Because they socially promoted them all the way through school. Got them into college on a humbum. Let them spend one year, maybe two years in college and didn't really do any work. Now they're done with football. Now what? And all their family helped them spend all their money. Now what? See, when I think about it, it, it I'm, I'm holding back tears right now because I hate what's happened to people. So, what has to happen? We've been in Proverbs 22, right? I want you to put up verse 6. Now, when you put up verse 6, when I call verse 6, you know it. I know it. Train up a child the ways you go when he's old, not depart from it. But I want you to look at it and amplify it with new eyes. Okay, sir. Amplified classic. Proverbs 22, verse 6, amplified classic. Jesus. I want you to see this. Train up a child the ways you go when he's old, not depart from it. That's what I mean. Raise him, raise him right. Raise him to serve God. Ah, that's good. But what he's talking about, because all of Proverbs 22 is about money from verse 1 on, is about money, is about financial lifestyle. So verse 6, watch this. Train up a child when in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. So train him when you notice he's creative. Don't tell him, stop making that mess. Stop making that mess in my house. No, you encourage him. Make a space for him. Make a space in the garage, in the backyard. Do something. Do, do, get him some way as an outlet for his creativity. In his individual gift or bent. You notice he gifted in singing? She gifted in singing? Push him through. Get them in the choir. Get them on, on in some, some book. Get them in school singing in, in the group. Get, do something. Get them some lessons. Buy them a microphone and a speaker. 
I mean, uh, boy, and we got four of them. And, and they all have all their little individual bents and, and giftings and all that kind of stuff and desires. I remember, boy, uh, our oldest, Alexis, when she was young, her, she aspired to be a McDonald's cash, uh, cashier. When I grew up, I want to be a McDonald's cashier. I said, praise the Lord. My baby, make me proud. She's going to be a McDonald's cashier. Well, you know what we did? We bought her a cash register. It wasn't our place. It's like, girl, you can't do that. Because you don't know how many people started out as a McDonald's cashier and now are franchisees. So we're going to push her. Matter of fact, my, my, I used to work at McDonald's when I was growing up. At 17, in my senior year in high school, I worked on a 4th Street McDonald's, 4th Street near 18th Avenue. And Miss B was the owner. Miss Benton, black woman, owned, Ms., owned that McDonald's. She was, she was married to uh, Jim Danzel, Dancing, who owned WRXB. I remember Star 16, WRXB back in the day. She ended up marrying him. But she, she was the owner, became the owner of that McDonald's. She was also the owner of, uh, which one? Gulfport. 4th Street and Gulfport. Black lady, Miss Benton, my boss. She also was one of the original owners of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. All from, can I take your order? Despise not the day. Y'all didn't say it right. Despise not the day. Job 8, verse 7. Though your beginning be small, yet your latter end shall greatly increase. So you have to promote, listen parents, promote an environment. Give them an environment that promotes them in their, in their individual bent, their individual gifting. We noticed Alexis, she started trying to do a little calligraphy like she liked to start drawing. We bought a calligraphy set. Right. To this day, she's still doing all that lettering. Now we're just trying to convince her, girl, make money off that. Yeah. Stop doing it for free all the time. Right. To this day, she's still doing it. Wow. Every one of the kids, there's some, some they, they start doing, we just, okay, we're going to get them. Because right. our job it's to train them. Put that scripture back on, 22.7 and, and amplified. It's to train them up in the way they should go, in their individual gifting or bent. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. Why? Because by that time, you're making money. They're they on a pathway to riches. Other day, I'm going to tell you, other day, my son, he, he, had, uh, he had fulfilled a big uh, cookie order. That's Baker's man right there. He does some of the best cookies this side of Central. Right? And uh, so he had fulfilled a big, a big cookie order uh, the weekend. And uh, my mom, uh, his mom made him pay up because she had bought all the supplies. And so uh, you got to pay up because we don't handle like business. We're not, we not taking care of your business. You got you to expenses out of your business. I, I teach them. They'll tell you, I teach them how to run a business. I showed them about profit. I showed them about expenses. I showed them, I, hey, let's do this right. 
So she took, got, got a little money back, so he was like, okay. Because he was like, man, I hadn't tied that. So mom had to explain to him, you know, you remember you only tied out of the profit, so here's how much your profit is. So his profit, I think, out of that one order was like $80, right? So I called him in the room. I overheard. I called him. I said, son, I want to make sure you understand what mom's talking about, right? Got it? Yeah, $80. I said, man, that, I said, John, I want you to think about this. You're 13. I said, for about two hours of work, I said, you made $40 an hour. I said, I know college graduates who don't make $40 an hour. Now I said, if you can do that for eight hours, that's 320 a day times five is 1600 a week. Is that right? I do, I do that in my head. Is that right? 1600 320 times 5, 3, 3 times 5, 1,500, 20 times 5 is yeah, $1,600. I did it. $1,600 a week. I know college graduates. We were, we were at the restaurant here. Um, I don't know, was it Valentine's Day? I think it was Valentine's Day. We went to lunch there. Went to a restaurant. And so the guy came out, uh, the guy who took care of us, uh, I think I tipped him like 50 bucks. And he, we were only there an hour. For an hour, I tipped him 50 bucks. So I, was, I went to the bathroom before we left, and I'm in the bathroom, and I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> I know college graduates that don't make $50 an hour. Now that's if he only served us. Y'all are missing what I'm saying. See, see, people think, now I'm not putting down being an intellectual. There, there's definitely a pathway to riches with, through your intelligence. But if, if, if you blew that, <laughs> you skip through all them lessons and you just can't catch up, don't worry about it. What do you do? Can you excel at what you do? Because there are many pathways to riches if you're going to go through God's way. But you have to allow God to show you, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Do this. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you? Is this helping anybody tonight? I'm still in my introduction, so I hope y'all get this right here. I'm not going to make it to the, to the main meet yet. We'll get the meet next time. Now, I want to show you that verse 22.6. I hope you all you copied this immediately. In the New Amplified, you know there's a New Amplified Bible. Watch this one. Train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Y'all listen, come on now, get this, get this now. Teaching him to seek God's Wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, the Bible says a man shall be commended according to his wisdom. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom. In other words, you'll be rewarded for wisdom. So if you seek God's wisdom and will for your talents and abilities, you're going to be commended for it. In other words, you're going to get rewarded or paid for it. 
I'll read it again for everybody that's slow. Teaching up, training up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom. When's the last time we told our children to do that? When's the last time we've done that for ourselves? Maybe that's what we ought to do. God, I'm going to seek your wisdom and your will for my abilities. You know what you give me. You know what I can do. You know what, you know what I can do with my hands. You know what I can do with my mouth. You know what I can do with my, with, with my feet. You know, Lord, what you've, what you've shown me how to do. You know these things. That, some of these things, I don't even know how I know how to do it. I just know how to do it. Anybody like that? I don't even know how I know how to do that, but I can do it. Well, what I got to do then, okay, God, if you gave it to me, show me what to do with it. Because if you gave it to me, you didn't just give it to me to, to say I know how to do that. He's given it to me to be fruitful and to multiply, to produce and to reproduce. Man. Now, some people, again, grow up in an environment that does that. You ever see these kids? They're, their parents send them to summer camps and not to the, to the park summer camp. I almost said a name. I ain't going to say the name up <laughs> It almost slipped. I caught it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I caught it. I ain't going to name. Yeah, that's, all, that's all they got to look for. At the end of the summertime, they're going to have a big old dance, shake your booty contest. At the end of the, end of the, end of the summer camp, that's the big highlight uh, going to Disney World in your summer camp. That's the whole highlight. Whereas the other people go to camps, well, they learn how to do something. They learn science, they learn technology, they learn engineering, they learn math, they learn art. They learn sewing. They had a lost art, sewing. There's mighty good money in that. Because can't nobody do it. And if, if can't nobody do it, then it's got, got to be good money for somebody who's going to do it. time is it? Give me three more minutes and I'll, I'll cut off I'll cut off right there. Now <clears throat> for those of us in this room and online who were not raised in that kind of driven producer environment. I'm here to stir you up. I'm here, if you allow it, to stir you up, to push you, to, 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 to flip the switch back on, to get you to reach back to what you had abandoned for a job. Pull it alongside your job until it replaces your job. And it will. And it will. Let me just, let me just survey. How many of y'all just feel like there's something more inside you? I, okay, I, okay, all right, I'm checking. You just feel like I'm, I'm doing something, but there's, 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 
You are <laughs> a factory that is equipped by God for mass production. You were made to create. You were made to do great exploits. You were made to do business. You were made for dominion. You were made creative. You were made intellectual. You were made artistic. You were made with imagination. You were made to see something big. You were made to see a, to see a problem and give the answer to it. You are a walking solution. See, you and I, how many Holy Ghost feel people I have here? When you have the Holy Ghost, you have access to the wisdom of God. The Bible says, I love it, in the book of Proverbs, I think it's chapter 8, where it says, well, wisdom says, uh, I was a master craftsman. Wisdom said, I was beside God before the primal dust of the earth as a master craftsman. And he said, and my delight was with the sons of men. Y'all missed it. Wisdom says, she said, my delight, I was a master craftsman. I, my delight was with the sons of men. I delighted to show myself. I, wanna, I wanted to be with. So wisdom wants to show you stuff. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. I'm not clowning your job. But there's more to you. You know what? You are a job creator. Somebody better grab what I said. You are a job creator. You're not, you're not just a job filler. You're a job creator. There's enough intellect, creativity, imagination in you to create jobs for people uh, beyond people you don't know. I can prove it. Put up Isaiah 61 and verse 7. Isaiah 61 and verse 7. Jesus. Job creators. Give me, go, go, to, go to verse, let me see, verse, I might have had that wrong. Give me verse 6. See if I'm in the right place. You need a whole chapter. Because I've been wrong before. Let me just find my Bible. I can just find my Bible. Because I want you to see this. You're a job, huh? Yes, that's it. Verse 6. Okay. Well, I need verse 5 for you to understand this. Verse 5. Strangers shall stand and feed your flock. These are not slaves. These are employees are going to stand and feed your flock. Your, your flock is your business, your company. You are not, you are not meant to be a, a flock feeder. Praise God. If that's what you're doing now, keep on feeding your flock. You know what I'm saying? In other words, you're feeding somebody else's flock. Be faithful in another man's, the Bible says. You've got to be faithful in another man's. Be faithful in another man's field first. So be faithful in your job. Be faithful in what you're doing. Be a, be a good uh, worker, whatever you are. But in the end, 
It's supposed to be that strangers or employees are going to stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Verse 6 then says, verse 6 then says, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you servants of our God, and you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Y'all got it? So, ultimately, you're supposed to be up. How you gonna get there? It's through what I told you. Mass production. I'm gonna close by telling you this, just, just for you to ponder this. God is a God of mass production. The creation proves it. I looked it up. Look in Genesis 1 real quick. Let's close right here. Genesis 1. Verse 14. I'm going to start there. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Verse 15. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Verse 16. Then God made two great lights and the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. He made the stars also. I looked it up because we know we have one sun, which is a hot star, right? That's in our solar system. We have one moon. Earth has one moon, but there are many moons in our solar system, right? Nine planets, or they say eight. They, they not, not between eight and ten. They're not sure. They, they keep making it. But we are a solar system. What's our solar system called? Milky Way, we're part of a galaxy, right, which is part of a universe, right? So I looked up, because I wonder how many, you remember God told Abraham, count the stars? Scientists say in the observable universe, in the observable universe, in other words, what we can see, in other words, they know that there are galaxies that we can't see. With the human eye or with our telescope, with our technology, we cannot see them. So they have estimated, just by counting to, to a degree, that in our observable universe, there are one billion trillion stars. Did you hear what I just said? One billion trillion. That means a trillion times a billion. There are one billion trillion stars, and that's their low estimate. So when God said, let there be stars, in what we can see so far, one billion trillion. Put up verse 20. Verse 20. I'll show you this. Say mass production. Verse 20. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Verse 20. Good God Almighty. Then God said, let the waters abound. Let the waters do what? Abound, abound with what? Abound. An abundance. So we're talking about mass production, right? Of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. Verse 21. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves which, with, uh, with which the waters abounded. I think King James' word is teeming. I love that word. 
according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the waters abounded. So that means it's already mass production, mass produce. Now watch God, verse 22. And God blessed them that were already produced, already abundant, and said, be fruitful and multiply. Now they already abundant. But God is a God of mass production. Told of one that's already abundant, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and let the birds multiply on earth. The birds are already abundant when he first created them. They were produced. But I want you to reproduce, multiply. Do you see the, the mind of God? Do you see when the children of Israel need a man in the wilderness? How much he gave them? When they wanted meat, how much quail he gave them? When Jesus fed the 5,000, he could have he given everybody a two-piece sandwich. Two-piece and a biscuit, like you long John Silvers, get you two-piece. Right, little hush puppies, and a little crumbly little bits at the bottom. He could have done that, but no. They had so much, 12 baskets full, left remaining when it was all over. Now y'all see that. Now y'all see verse 22, right? They're already abundant. Then he tell them multiply. Now put up verse 26. 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image like us. You see that? Make man like us. So when God thinks, he thinks big. He thinks massive. He thinks mass production. So we're made like him. So we're supposed to, from now on, be thinking big, mass production. Y'all got it? Jump on your feet and give God a hand clap and a shout of praise tonight. If you receive the word of God, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, give God praise. You heard a masterpiece message tonight. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for the motivation. Thank you for the drive. Thank you for reminding us. Thank you for restoring us. Thank you, Lord, for charging us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we are made in your image and in your likeness. And you've called us into mass production. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given us. Intellect, imagination, creativity, a pathway to riches. God, and we know that your word says in John 15, verse 8, herein are you glorified when we bear much fruit. Hallelujah. Lord, your word in John 15 went from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. And it said you weren't glorified until it was much fruit. Thank you for the fruit. Thank you for the more fruit. But for your glory's sake, much fruit. So God, I pray that each individual in this place tonight that you help us. We, we do exactly what your word said. We ask you for your wisdom and your will concerning the giftings, the talents, the abilities you've given us to show us what we're to do with all this stuff we know. What we're to do with all this stuff we have. What we're to do with all this stuff that we can do. 
God, we, we are the ones who should be here in this realm creating jobs, giving homeless people a chance, giving those who've been bound in prison a chance, giving those who, Lord, who don't have any other way, any other means, and nobody else will trust them, God, that we'll give people a chance. It should be us. And so, Lord, we, we ask you to show us the pathway to get that done. And we take the brakes off. We allow ourselves to think on your level. We thank you for the many millionaires and billionaires that will come be made in this house, in this place, in this city. We thank you that the job shall get done. And we'll do what your word said in, in Luke 19, 13. We'll do business until you come. We look forward to Jesus coming, so thank you that we get ready. And we'll be ready to, to receive Jesus Christ when he comes. We give you praise for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord tonight. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you're charged up. And... Uh,